Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with a smorgasbord, a veritable buffet of all-you-can-eat teachings on holiness and living the right kind of life. The teachings are varied, and they are voluminous. And when you put all of Matthew chapter 7 on a single plate, you kind of get an uneasy feeling, as if your peas and carrots are touching your brownies. It's a lot to take in all at once. The first five verses are about not judging other people. Do not judge, Jesus says, so that you may not be judged. And we might be led to believe that the rest of the chapter is all about treating others fairly. But then in verse 6, he throws in some odd teaching about not throwing what is sacred to the dogs or pearls to the swine. I mean, whoever Jesus is referring to as dogs and pigs sounds pretty judgy to me. And then in verses 7 to 11, Jesus picks up food from a completely different part of the buffet table. Not about judging or condescension, but about being persistent in your prayers, asking, seeking, knocking on God's door for whatever blessing you're seeking. And then in verse 12, out of nowhere, Jesus tucks in what is likely the most famous proverb of them all, the golden rule. Do to others what you would have them do to you. At that point, Jesus is not even halfway through the chapter. By the time we get to the end of the chapter in verse 29, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, we have covered a dizzying amount of territory about numerous aspects of the holy life, and we're left to figure out how to make sense of it all. Well, as we draw this series to a close today, we're kind of left wondering what to make of all of chapter 7. Where do you begin? Well, maybe we should extend this worship series out eight more weeks so I can separate the foods on the plate and treat each teaching more thoroughly and independently. I'm not sure you'd like that. So instead, this morning, my sermon today is going to be about two hours long so that I can give each of these teachings the treatment they deserve. I'm kidding. Please don't click over to Netflix. Besides, I think what Matthew is really inviting us to do this morning is to look for the one thing, the one piece of connective tissue that ties all of these seemingly unrelated teachings together into something that is timely and relevant and applicable for us today. And I can't help but come to this conclusion. In Matthew chapter 7, it's all about love. Specifically, love in this chapter involves three things. Number one, love means learning from others rather than judging them. Two, love should be demonstrated and not just felt. And three, love means saying yes to God and no to everything else. Love. I mean, that's a pretty convenient conclusion to make on Valentine's Day, huh? I mean, I know the word love is not mentioned once in Matthew 7, but I can't help but think that that is indeed the connecting tissue, the unifying theme that ties the whole Sermon on the Mount together. First, Jesus calls us to love all, without judgment, without hypocrisy, and with humility. Jesus reminds us that none of us are perfect, 
and none of us are qualified to cast judgment on others, since we are all guilty ourselves of some shortcoming. Don't judge other people, lest you open yourself up for judging. Don't point out the specks in other people's eyes when you've got a log sticking out of your own. The great German preacher and World War II martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it this way, judging others makes us blind, whereas love is illuminating. By judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and to the grace which others are just as entitled to as we are. I mean, that's, that's what's really at stake here. Being judgmental, condescending, dogmatic, narrow-minded, they're all wrong because they blind ourselves to our own evil. Carl Jung believed that we subconsciously look for the faults in others in order to convince ourselves of our own perfection. To convince others that we are perfect, we point out the imperfections in others. To convince ourselves of our intelligence, we point out the foolishness in someone else. To convince ourselves of our own loyalty, we search for the betrayal and selfishness in others. To convince others of how powerful we are, we convince ourselves that other people are weak. Instead, Jung believed that when we look at other people with openness and curiosity rather than with judgment, we can actually learn important, valuable lessons about ourselves, which we would not otherwise learn. This is what he said. Everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. So, the next time you feel like judging someone or being condescending to them, ask instead, what can this person teach me about my own faults and my own shortcomings, and how can I learn from them? Love means learning from others rather than judging them. Second, love should be demonstrated and not just felt. Verses 7 to 12 contain some familiar words that we often interpret as the way we are to approach God. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. And to be sure, Jesus does say in verse 11 that God is like a parent that gives good gifts to their children. But just when you think that this passage is all about asking God for stuff and, and God's generosity in response... Jesus zigs, where you expect him to zag, in verse 12. Here, Matthew places the famous golden rule. Therefore, Jesus said, you should treat people in the same way that you want people to treat you. This is the law and the prophets. Because suddenly, these verses are not about us doing the asking and seeking and knocking, nor is God the one who is doing the granting and the blessing. Matthew would say that we have that only halfway right. It turns out that we are the ones who can do the blessing and the granting and the giving when other people do the asking and knocking and seeking of us. Love means not only that we can come to God for what we need, it also means that we have the power and the responsibility to demonstrate love when others ask it of us. John would say it this way elsewhere in the Bible. We love others because God first loved us. Our love should be made visible. 
It should be demonstrated. It should be made real as a witness to other people that if they know that we are Christians, they can ask and seek and knock and find in us a love that will meet them at the point of their need and help them to find the abundant life that they are seeking. So, it is timely and appropriate that on this last day of the Sermon on the Mount series and on this Valentine's Day, we offer you a practical way to show people around you that you are a person of love because you are a person of faith. Several months ago, a member of this church came to us with an idea, a simple but powerful idea, and a way to publicly demonstrate that we are people of love. She saw this idea while vacationing in another town out of state in the form of yard signs that people were displaying on their front lawns all over town. Had a simple message, love. To say yes to love and no to hate and to love God and to love one another. It was such a positive message amid a sea of such brokenness and injustice and division that she wondered to herself, I wonder if my United Methodist Church down in Tampa would consider offering these signs for our members. Well, as the old saying goes, the vision awaits the time. And today is the perfect day to launch this simple and subtle campaign in the form of these yard signs that we are making available to you starting today. It says, in no uncertain terms, say no to hate, say yes to love, love God, love all. It's a pure, simple, biblical message that echoes our mission statement of making God's love real, teaching people to follow Jesus by loving God and loving all. So you can come by on Sunday mornings to pick up a sign, as well as this Wednesday, if you stop by to receive ashes on Ash Wednesday. And you can put this sign on your front lawn. And notice, there's nothing on this sign that says Hyde Park United Methodist. No hashtag, no no website to link it to any particular organization or movement. It is your opportunity to make a public witness to the love that you have received from God that you wish to demonstrate for others. And as it draws the attention of neighbors and friends and and people driving by who, who ask you about the sign, you can then tell them in a natural, non judgmental way that this reflects who you are as a person of faith and what you believe about Jesus from this church. And then if you can tell them, if you'd like to learn more, that you would love to invite them to your church sometime. This all leads to the third and final thing we learn about love in Matthew 7. Love means saying yes to Jesus and no to everything else. Love means going through the narrow gate rather than the wide, more popular gate in verses 13 and 14. Love means saying no to the false teachers of the world and yes to those who would teach us the fruit of grace and love in verses 15 to 20. And love means building our houses on a foundation of faith that will last rather than living life on our own terms for our own ambitious agendas in verses 24 to 27. It's the very decision that our confirmants made when they said yes to following Jesus and joining the church these last two weekends. It is not just about saying yes to Jesus. It's about saying no to everything that would contribute 
to the sins, the evil, and injustice of the world. And that is what our next journey is all about. Starting this Wednesday, when we begin a new Lenten series simply titled, Cultivating and Letting Go. Each week, we will talk about a different virtue that God is calling us to cultivate within ourselves and the corresponding vice that God is calling us to let go of. And it begins with the Ash Wednesday service, when I will be preaching on cultivating humility and letting go of pride. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the crowds had only one response. They were astounded. They had never heard such teachings like this in quite this way before, and they were left to wrestle with the question of what difference this would make in them. So, what will you do with this message of love? Will you choose to learn from others rather than judge them? Will you choose to demonstrate love for others rather than keep it to yourself? And will you choose to love God with your whole being and say no to everything else? Let's pray. God of love, you have called us to a holy life, and we need your help. Teach us to love others without judgment or hypocrisy. Empower us to give you our whole lives and hold nothing back from you. And help us to make your love real for others, that you might be glorified. Oh God, as we move into these days of Lent, show us how to grow and how to let go by your strength and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.